Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one actual froggy minute <laughs> at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey everyone, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And today we are welcoming back Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez from The Cornetto Minute. Hi. Hello. <laughs> You're still there, right? We still got yeah. you guys. I was gonna let okay, I was yeah. gonna let Nick say hi first, and and yeah. Anyway, unison as it as it should be. Yay! Oh, thanks for thanks for thanks for. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that was my real Safe and. <laughs> I know this is kind of a dumb question, but I'm kind of curious. Have you guys actually had the Cornetto ice cream no, before? No. They don't no. have it here. Is no. that only? Oh uh, yeah, I was wondering if that was just an England yeah. thing or not. Every but. every uh, Cornetto screening that I've ever been to, where they're where they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna have you know we're gonna have ice cream and everything. I was like, oh great, and then it's always drumsticks. I'm like, this isn't the same. Ah, this isn't the same. And also, yeah. I can't eat it because I'm allergic to peanuts. You assholes. So don't be proud. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, do you have to have an EpiPen? Uh, no, it's not that bad. It's 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 not quite that bad. Um, but it's just like uh, my my throat just sort of swells up, not to the point where like I can't breathe. Just like, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, totally. Yeah, restrictive airway is right, probably right. not so fun. So the drumsticks, <laughs> got it. <laughs> so in today's episode, we are covering minute. 56 of the movie, The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, the Japanese schoolgirls celebrate their victory and the control room crew reviews the other site fails. So we're starting this minute out with a happy little frog that hops out of the lovely bowl of water and flowers that the, the kids manage to uh, put the soul into the froggy. So <laughs> yay, kids. <laughs> They're very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Good job. Yeah, they all seem so happy at the end. <laughs> they really came together. Yeah, they came together, but Sitterson is not happy. <laughs> I think this is the first time I really see him losing his, totally losing his cool. Mm. It won't be the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Well, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the problem, the problem isn't that Japan failed. The problem is that they don't want to shoulder the burden of being the only ones left, you know, like it's, 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 that just makes right. things so much more, there's just so much more pressure then it, it becomes like mm -hmm. not, not a fun right. night out of, of, of murdering children. It's, uh, <laughs> or young people. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's now like a life <laughs> or death scenario uh, for them. Mm. Right. Well, yeah, all of humanity is now on their shoulders, as, as Lynn will, will point out here shortly. But yeah, it definitely ups the pressure from a casual weekend of slaying young people. And, you know, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. Eh, you know, you give it a good go. And now it's like, no, it's it's all on you. Right. I, I just the best part about him yelling fuck you at the at the video feed is just <laughs> him watching for a second and then slowly stepping closer to the TV leaning down and then saying fuck you <laughs> like he wanted to make sure that it was as up close and personal to these kids so as possible <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so con 
It's so controlled. Yeah. It's it's still very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The windup is amazing. It's so good because it's like they're the cutest little girls ever. It's just and so amazing. Going, Yay! And singing and dancing and hugging. <laughs> yeah especially after like oh no kiko's spirit will live in the happy frog yay it's magic pure magic but yeah and it, it adds stakes it lets us know like hey these guys aren't omnipotent mm-hmm. they pretend to be but well, they can fail yeah well yeah. i was gonna say and the other thing that it does is uh you know and we're gonna talk about this more in friday's minute but the the sort of uh, uh, Hitchcock scenario that this movie creates um, that, that begins on Friday. The reason it works is because of this scene. This is why it works because we, we are Mm -hmm. in their world just long Mm -hmm. enough to feel the pressure that they're feeling with all of these other countries failing at, at their, at their uh, scenarios or whatever. And we're like, oh man, they're really feeling the pressure. Mm-hmm. And then when we find out what happens in Friday's minute, we're like, oh shit, oh no. And suddenly we're rooting for the bad guys, you know? And it's just, it is so well done. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. so well executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting us to care about these characters who are just really flippantly wanting to murder people. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think that's the, the next minute, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like you're saying, this is the ramp up to that, but that shift of mm-hmm. creating two protagonist groups who have two very divergent philosophies and, and having the philosophies really go at it and, and to feel that conflict as an audience member of in that tension of like, oh, my God, I'm kind of rooting for these guys. I kind of hope that they work this out, even though you really want these kids to get away at the same time. is like just a really like brilliant tension to come up at, at this particular junction in the movie. Yeah, because something else I think shifts in the past. We've we've noted that whether we're or when we're in one area or the other like say we're in the cabin and then we pull back and we're in the control room and vice versa that usually it's tonally matched like let's get Mm -hmm. this party started and then let's get this party started is happening in both rooms and at this point once the girls the girls succeed and the music in their space goes from horror music to this like plinkety piano that almost puts them in a totally different film like the girls are all of a sudden in this like (laughs) romantic comedy almost or something like plinkety plink 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 and and then we get the contrast of that (laughs) fuck you fuck you fuck you (laughs) it's like oh okay now like you guys mentioned a, a minute ago uh, the stakes have totally changed and yeah that now things aren't matching up like they were before orally or visually and story wise Mm -hmm. the other thing too that uh i i I guess the thing i had a question about with this uh this japanese story is so uh, you know when when lynn shows up and he's like you see this shit uh and she's like yeah Uh, Total failure, zero fatalities. (laughs) And then that made me just think, where's their teacher? Because I just thought like, oh, maybe maybe their teacher died. Uh, And and like like in the process. 
Well, actually, it says zero. She says zero fatality total wash. Well, no, I know exactly. That's what that's what made me question where their teacher was then. Okay, I had assumed. Oh, maybe. Right. Maybe. Oh, maybe the teacher was a maybe the teacher was a plant. Mm. Like, oh, no, I I accidentally brought that 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 vase with the curse whoops i broke it (laughs) (laughs) i better go get help locks the door behind them (laughs) (laughs) stay stay here don't form a bond (laughs) yeah i think the kids do get locked in the classroom because there's a, a shot of them running up to the door and banging on it so i don't know if the teacher just went to take a leak and left the classroom, and then when she did, like you're saying, that's when the the uh, the Ringu girl comes out. Um, but yeah, that's that's curious why it's just it's just the the nine year olds, as they say, no oversight. <laughs> so I'm curious what you guys think about the different sections, the other fails, because. I think some of them are sort of evocative of certain certain other scary movies or scary creatures and and um, different people online, of course, have different theories of what they're referencing because we get this mm-hmm. we get a, we get a nice fail, 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 you know, uh, red going um, on uh, all the screens and we get Japan, we get Kyoto. And then we get Stockholm. Buenos Aires and Madrid. Right. What the fuck is that creature in Buenos Aires? I couldn't figure that out. Is that like a... That's a gorilla. King Kong. Yeah, it's like a King Kong riff, I think. <laughs> right? Yeah, some kind of giant, maybe possibly super smart, but nonetheless monstrous gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like probably maybe a Congo situation. Right, right. Mm. He definitely looks straight up like a King Kong, but with big horns yeah yeah bred for war and then released it looks like it looks like he's like laying at a dam or something Mm -hmm. yes uh but the other two though i don't know Mm -hmm. uh i'm i'm actually not sure i mean stockholm could be anything it's just like a collapsed building with a helicopter going over it yeah, I think Stockholm visually it looks straight up like the thing. John mm. Carpenter's the thing, especially having right. that because the the um helicopter's such a huge part of that movie. Right. And then also because mm. they reference the Swedes, the Swedes in that movie a lot. So uh that's kind of what it looked like. Right, like like that that's the survivor like escaping in the helicopter. Right. I did it. Right. That makes sense. I'm on board for that. Uh what what about Madrid? What's what's the theory well, there? Somebody wrote that um and I think the guy that does the video that we've referenced a few times, which is called Almost Every Reference Explained in the Cabin in the Woods, is he says Dracula's Castle? What? See, I'm going. I don't know. I, I'm going to. My instinct tells me that because it's Madrid, keeping the tradition of like the country kind of is patterned off of that culture's like horror subgenre. Maybe uh-huh. some kind of like Spanish satanic sex or like sexual mm, horror thing, and yeah. that's like the 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 cults base burning down. Not mm. in Madrid. 
Yeah, I definitely didn't think Dracula's castle sounded like any. Didn't really. Yeah, no. is that yeah, I don't like, know. Maybe like an Inquisition kind of a thing. Maybe like crazy. And what would burning down Dracula's castle do? Daylight <laughs> would do it. I don't know, but that's true. I, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't buy Dracula's castle. That's. Uh, I mean, it's a building on a hill, so I see what he's saying. But Madrid, mm, that's the part that makes that fall apart to me. Yeah. Dude, these people are going to be so crazy pissed to survive <laughs> all this only to find out that these other guys over here kind of fucked it up and that the Titans are coming anyway. Like you just went through this like totally traumatic yeah. experience. You're like, yeah, we survived. And it's just like it gets overrun anyway. It's just it's a bummer. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, these school children. You oh, know? yeah. The kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You weren't thinking about no. that, huh, you cynical 20, 20. Oh, no, I was, talking, I was talking to the main characters, not you. For their foolhardy decision-making. One thing that I just looked up and noticed, because at a certain point, Hadley says something, oh, yeah, I'm telling you, if you want good product, you got to buy American. You know, he's trying to get his America back, you know, kind of get his his Joe jock on again. And that he makes a reference to them like, oh, what a friend we have in Shinto. And so I just looked up Shinto and in Wikipedia, it says that it's the tra traditional religion of Japan that focuses on ritual practices to be carried out diligently in order to establish a connection between present day Japan and its ancient past. So I just thought that was an interesting, nice little detail because it has the words ritual and ancient in it. And we're definitely dealing with a lot of that. And also because I think it made me realize how little I know about Japan, because I was thinking more about Buddhism and other things that I've heard connected to Japan and realized like, oh, I don't really know about their ancient religion. And even though it says as much as nearly 80% of the population in Japan participates in Shinto practices or rituals, only a small percentage of these identify themselves as Shintoists. So it's sort of like it is the ancient thing that a lot of people are connected to, but only a smaller percentage are... Um, identify as Shintoists, whereas 35% are Buddhists, 3% to 4% are Shinto sects, um, S-E-C-T-S. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, mostly it just made me realize I need to, you know, learn a little bit about it just, just I've never, I've only been to Japan a couple of times and mostly I was just there on my way to Bali. So looks like I need to learn a little bit more about Japan. <laughs> ancient rituals. Mm -hmm. I just don't have too many ancient rituals in my life, period, I think, because I didn't come mm -hmm. from a religious background. And we're a pretty young society still compared to a place like Japan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. like how yeah. the movie, I guess, trains you to pay attention to... Uh, tv monitors and things like that you know like earlier you had the betting pool and that's like the beginning of just being like if you're not paying attention you're gonna miss a lot and a lot of like fun details and then here with these tvs they're like yeah like you're gonna you're gonna want to pay attention to these later in the movie they're it's important pay attention to tv monitors right mm -hmm. mm. 
uh, it, it reminds me it reminds me a lot of lost i i i remember mm. i watched i watched lost as it aired on abc every week and i remember like only like physically getting closer to the screen when they would be like inside a new hatch or mm-hmm. something some new bit of mythology was about to come like every frame was just, and this was before i had any kind of way to pause it or rewind it you know, you were just like, okay, well, to the internet, time to listen to like the eight podcasts I listened to. <laughs> I can... <laughs> Tell me what that meant. Yeah, and Drew, he did some of Lost, didn't he? He was one of the, yeah, oh, well, yeah. Not, yeah. So that that makes a lot of sense. So we've actually talked quite a bit just about surveillance in general and how, how yeah, how used used to all of the screens we are these days just because of the way things have changed and how like I have, you know, sur- I have surveillance in my home because I live in kind of a <laughs> shitty neighborhood and we've had our cars mm-hmm. and trucks broken into. And so, you know, it, it just it starts to feel normal now to have these screens and speaking mm-hmm. of the screens they didn't have green screen so all of this is like stuff they really did where they had to like time out when to put all the you know different screens up in real time i was going to which i was going to mm-hmm. comment on because the conversation <laughs> i use that term loosely <laughs> and between what what's her character's name lynn lynn between lynn and and the two guys is not natural they're trying their best and they're doing a good job but it's obvious that she was pre-recorded <laughs> it's not exactly uh deep space nine mm-hmm. <laughs> bad eye lines <laughs> yeah. not meeting up you know but it right. was, yeah 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 mm. The, the timing just feels a little <laughs> off and and the way that she's reacting to the things that they're saying, they, it just doesn't feel like they're having a real conversation sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you guys uh, have you guys talked about the fact that uh, that our boy Drew Goddard finally has his uh, second movie coming out this year? No, we have not chatted about that. OK, yeah, he's got a he's got a movie coming out this year in October called Bad Times at the El Royale. And he uh, wrote it and he's directing it. And the only thing we all know about it is that it's a film set in the 1960s in a dilapidated hotel in the Lake Tahoe region Ooh, of California. Oh, cool. Baby. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. And then we know the cast, which oh, is yeah. insane. The cast is uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Dakota Johnson, Russell Crowe, Jeff Bridges. And two people I've never heard of, but those four alone are pretty, uh, pretty big. Nice. So, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm just so happy that he finally has a second <laughs> film coming out. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, uh, I guess he's probably been busy with a good place and right, right, writing and, whatnot, and, but, and yeah. producing stuff. Yeah, but it's been six years and longer <gasps> than that, really, because they shot it like a long time before that. So right, 2008. So right. yeah, it's been ten years. Ten yeah. years. Good yeah. God Almighty. Yeah. Totally. Right. <laughs> and how and how great is it that it it, it feels almost as, as painful not painful but you know it, it, as a fan of it it sucks that yes it's been far too long but how great is it that it's not like <laughs> yeah. a stupid mm. spider-man spinoff or like you know like it, it's it's one from the, right. it feels like it's going right. to be one from the heart cool. in the same way the right. cabin yeah, yeah. When, you, when you wait this long that's what you want i think 
at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, thanks for bringing that up. I had no idea he had a movie coming out. That's awesome. Yeah, comes out in October. I'm really excited. Sweet. Bam. Just around the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, getting back to this minute, we're, yeah, we're kind of seeing what the guys do under pressure now. We are what now that, that things aren't working out in the control room like they were thinking they were going to. They're kind of trying to get their swagger back on. Lynn says, any word from downstairs? And Sitterson says, oh, downstairs doesn't care about Japan. The director trusts us. And uh, Hadley says, hey, you just sweat the chem, Lynn. They're always giving her shit. <laughs> While these <laughs> morons are singing, what a friend we have in Shinto, we are bringing the pain. Yeah. And then Citizen's questioning, of course, like he's trying to deflect maybe, right? Like mm-hmm. what's up with um, what's up with this guy's putt anyways? He's supposed to be drooling and instead he almost makes us, which why are they talking about that now? Because don't they think he's already dead? Well, it's it, it shifting the blame. It's like, hey, look, this isn't stuff. Other right. stuff has been going wrong. Mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is I've met so many guys that react to to pre, pre, situate high pressure situations the way that Citizen is is reacting to it, which is, you know, it, I mean, it's 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 like those guys where they're like, you almost hit my car. Right. And I'm like, right. But, right. I, but I didn't. So why are you yelling? It's like it's like isn't life is way too short for you mm-hmm. to be getting bent out of shape because I almost hit your car. That's it's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's just he's obviously one of those guys. He gets stressed out really easily and yeah, he just starts deflecting. Like I I need this to go as smoothly as possible now because all the pressure is on us. So so tell me like, you know, what the fuck was going on with your mm-hmm. your your chemed up pot? It wasn't working. What the hell? You know, he's he's finding, I think, anything to totally. uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I, I just think he's trying to plug the holes, you know, because he's worried the ship is going to go down, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we end this minute with Hadley watching the monitor for the road. And he says, we've got the Rambler heading towards the tunnel. So this is one of their things that will, you know, discover what's going to happen on Friday. But this is like, okay, here's our next phase. Here's our next opportunity for things to either go our way or not. Yep, things keep on trucking along. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about with this minute? Well, I mean, Citizen is, you know, the kind of guy I described. But Hadley, I think, is um, the guy who's chasing a promotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's... That's the kind of uh, mentality he seems to have where he's just like, you know, we got this. He's got that macho bravado. Yeah, he's, he's reading. He's reading like Art of War every night. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whereas whereas Citizen seems to be totally content in the role that he has now, like he doesn't seem to have any aspirations beyond this role, um, whereas it seems like Hadley I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Hadley wants to be the next director. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's astute. Yeah. Yeah, because he does. He just like pulls his balls out here, you yes. know, with the swagger and everything. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, these other guys are bringing up points that they're concerned about. He's like, oh, fuck it. We got this, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's very much uh, taking charge. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, his body language, that swag, and just the way he's, yeah, he moves around the room. I love the way he moves around the room. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's that Josh Lyman, like, I, I own the hallway. We're in motion. Right. We're smart talking. I got this. <laughs> yeah. I will be completely honest. It is... It is now, uh, I, I have to admit, a little weird seeing uh, uh, Bradley Woodford without like that white hair that he has now. <laughs> yeah, totally. This is kind of the, yeah. the swan song of, of young looking Bradley Woodford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I still, I think he, I think he still looks young. He's like, he's like, he's got like that Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah he's still, yeah, but this is, this is kind of the last like time that he looks most like Josh Lyman. <laughs> right. That now totally. he sort of right. entered this new phase of his career where it's like, hey, it's Bradley Whitford, beloved character actor. Right. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah. That is spot on though. And I you just like totally voiced what was in my head because I remember seeing, you know, West Wing and it'd been a while, and then I, you know, saw this and I was like, oh wow, like, you know, just this is hitting me. You know, people age. It's just it's natural, folks age, but there's, you know, this span of time it's like yeah he's not young and tender anymore and it's, and it's doubly alarming in this age of netflix where anyone could watch hours upon hours of the west wing and and the eyes get used to you know 1998 bradley whitford mm -hmm. 1998 allison janney 1998 martin sheen all you know better than they've ever been in all the ways mm -hmm. that count but you yeah. and then but then you do see them in on the red carpet or like on on a, in a new movie and you're like oh that's right that was 20 years ago <laughs> right right yeah yeah it's yeah. so interesting because we just psychologically i know for myself just psychologically it's like oh yeah that's right you know we, we are looking at something that there's been a, a vast swatch of time and human beings deteriorate and here it is and yeah sorry bradley <laughs> sorry bradley <laughs> Now, now he just plays racist, weirdly. <laughs> but he's hella liberal on Twitter. Yeah, that's very true. I think that's why he plays racist so well, um, to be honest. <laughs> he kind of plays the same character. I mean, I mean, right, Nick? Like, he kind of plays the same character in Get Out that he plays in The Post. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the post. I don't know if his character in the post ever exhibits his opinion on race, but he's 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 definitely another close-minded right person in power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's he's true. like you know. I guess like yeah. You <laughs> I guess I was just very being... comfortable with him being racist in my head. <laughs> <laughs> was he? In, was he? In, was he also? Was he in Hidden Figures? Was he one of those guys? Was like they can't be there. I, think, I don't think he was in that. <laughs> was... I think I feel like I would have remembered him and Octavia Spencer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that should happen, though, him and Octavia Spencer. It should, should happen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> I could talk. I mean, I could keep talking about Bradley Woodford all day. I um, know. Well, but, you couldn't. Yeah. Well. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let us move on and wrap things up for today. And uh, yeah, where where can people find all y'all these days on the, the old Internet? Well, uh, that is uh, duelinggenre.com. Uh, that's our that's our podcast network where the podcast that Nick and I do together uh, happen along with lots of other podcasts by many talented podcast hosts that aren't Nick and I. But but <laughs> the the podcast that we do specifically, uh, we talked about uh, uh, Cornetto Minute last week. Um, Nick and I also did Back to the Future Minute. That was uh, I guess. 345 episodes of that show which uh 
we did. We completed the whole trilogy and the ride. Uh, so you can go find all of those if uh, Back to the Future is the thing that you like. We also we we created a uh, like an original audio drama series called Geek by Night. Um, oh, cool. and, uh, that show is about, it, it is both about, uh, friends who open a comic book shop and get superpowers and is, uh, mm-hmm. also about the transition from your twenties and to your thirties, uh, as you begin to realize that you are an adult, you can't be, you know, in your twenties anymore and, and need to grow up and all of that. And that just sort of, mm-hmm. that sort of struggle of dealing with that. So it's about a lot of things. It's kind of in the style of like a Buffy, the vampire slayer or a cabin in the woods. <laughs> if you like this, you would probably like that show. Uh, I'm just saying, I know it's weird to be like, oh, an audio drama. Oh, I don't want to listen to that. But, you know, it's it's like funny and and I think it's pretty well written. <laughs> and it's-, <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing that we're most proud of because it involves the most other people. Yeah. And, yeah, and we can sure. so easily, mm. you know, I can say oh, the acting is so terrific and I'm so proud of them and the music and the. The editing that Scott's able to do, you know, as a one man crew is pretty, pretty, pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's worthless. It's the hardest we work to make something, but I, I think it's, I'm proud of every uh, listener that we have. I, I will say if you give it a shot and you're not sold in the first five minutes, like to keep listening, then it's probably not for you. Because I really do think we hit the ground running on that show. And we focus on the characters and rather than the plot, that's sort of our, our thing. So you know, that's, that's just, it's a, it's a fun show and you should listen to it. So yeah. So check that out. It's called geek by night. Uh, the entire first season is out in the world. It's 15 episodes. Uh, each episode runs between usually between 45 minutes and an hour. So, you know, there you go. 15 episodes ready for your, for your binging pleasure. If that's, uh, ready for long car rides. like it's on uh, podcast apps everywhere. And, uh, if you, if you tend to like stream off websites, then you can find it at duelinggenre.com. Nice. Cool. Thanks for giving us a nice uh, overview of what it's about too. I was appreciate that than um, a little bit longer of a plug yeah, that helps no people really get an idea of what it, what it's all about. So sweet, sweet, sweet. Well, great. Well, I think um, you all know where to find us, cabinminutecast.com and at cabinminutecast on all the socials. You can always hang out with us at the Gabin in the Woods with Cabin Minutecast <laughs> Facebook group. <laughs> and that's about it from me. Well, thanks again to Nick and Scott for being on our show today. And we will see you guys back at the cabin. 